Okay, uh, here we go. All right, this is Gary Goldman, and you're listening to me on PF's tape recorder. Or I could say, this is Gary Goldman, comedian, and you're listening to PF's tape recorder. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Jamie Lissau. I get there, and there's you know, there's always like a, a student that's like whatever in charge or whatever. So this girl comes up and she's like, Are you are you Jamie? I go, Yeah, hey, I'm Kathy. And she's like, We have a great like this is like a great place for comedy. And she's like, But one kind of weird thing about our school is we like you to be really dirty. Great chat with Jamie. A bunch of funny stories. You'll have to hear how that one turns out in just a little bit. Song of the Week is from Gary Cinnamon. And uh, we're going to revisit a dumb bit from last spring. So let's get to that first. Major League Baseball season is going to open up this Thursday. Uh, That is March 28th, if you're listening to this uh, brand new. If you're downloading this years later, well, then this would be a historical piece. Anyway, uh, among the teams opening the season, of course, are my Cleveland Indians. They're going to open in Minnesota. Uh, However, they are going to open their home stand, their home season, to have the home opener, uh, I believe, on Monday, which is April the 1st, uh, against the Chicago White Sox. Now... Uh, last year, we did a bit about, uh, you know, the controversy over teams with uh, names that are uh, inspired by or refer to Native Americans. And a little interesting wrinkle this year is Major League Baseball asks the Indians who have retired Chief Wahoo officially, although they keep saying they have and he keeps turning up. But I think Chief Wahoo has officially been retired. And uh, because, you know, let's as we said last year, let's face it, it, it's kind of a dicky logo. And again, Indians fan here. So I'm saying that as an Indians fan, it's kind of a dicky logo. And... Um, it turns out, well, Major League Baseball asked the Indians to change the name of the team this year, and which didn't get a lot of coverage, uh, but I did see it at, uh, in, in the news, and um, the Indians said, no, we're not going to change the name. Well, we're tired of who we're not changing the name. And what's going to happen is the Native American protesters that turn up on opening day every year in Cleveland are going to be there again, presumably to protest the continued use of the name. And like I told you last year, I have a, a friend of mine I used to work with who is actually a pretty conservative guy. Uh, like he considered himself a Mitt Romney type of conservative, although not out of touch with everybody. But anyway, and we had this discussion. And he said, oh, hell, just change the name. Who cares? Call them the Spider. Call them the Blues. They're, they're still our baseball team. Who, who cares? So that's a conservative guy saying that. And I'm the same way. I'm like, if you have to change it, change it. I, I'm curious as to whether we could be called the Cleveland Tribe because does that necessarily refer to Native American? I mean, tribe, you can – use, I think, generally. So I would like to know that. But here's the thing, before I replay the bit from last year going over this, is um, anybody listening in Cleveland, my fellow Clevelanders that are going to the game on Monday, please, please, please don't be dicks, okay? If you see the Native American protesters there, you know, they're a lot, they're Native Americans. They're allowed to disagree. Even if you think it's ridiculous, they're like, you got Chief Wahoo, which one of my friends posted, by the way. You're retired Chief Wahoo, now they want the name. Yes, they do. And they're allowed to say that. And you can disagree and say, hey, look, we don't mean any harm. We have great respect for you. And you can even, if, you know, I know people try to play the, uh, it's honoring Native Americans card, which, you know, eh, may or may not play. But I mean, if you honestly feel that way, and look, I grew up in a school system that taught us how horrible we treated the Native Americans. And this goes all the way back to the 70s. So I get it, you know, but if they still want the name changed, fine. They have the right to ask to have that done. And maybe they're not wrong. So bottom line, 
if you see the if you're in Cleveland and actually anywhere that you have a team that has a Native American inspired name, be it the Kansas City Chiefs, well, the Golden State Warriors, of course, got got out from under that by just uh, keeping the name and making everything else about California. But anyway, if you see the Native American protesters, don't be jerks. Please be respectful. You engage in a dialogue with them, perhaps, but don't yell at them. Don't scream at them. Don't make us look like a bunch of assholes, okay? All right. So here's the bit from last year, and then we'll uh, move on to the rest of the show. Kind of following up on a controversy we spoke about a couple of weeks ago as far as the naming of sports teams in North America with uh, names that are kind of related to Native Americans, indigenous peoples, and so forth. Well, the issue cropped up uh, close to home, I guess you could say. Uh, in the suburb I live in, we have two high schools, and one of the high schools uh, shares its nickname with Washington's National Football League team. And uh, this report is actually from uh, about a month or two ago. This kind of been going on for a couple of months now. It, it cropped up again. It's been an issue for a long, long time. But it's cropped up again, and there's a, another uh, push now to retire that name and give the team another name. But this report is from uh, a couple of months ago when it, when it came back up again, and it's just interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, well, here, let's, let's start with this. Nine Your Sides, Allie Kramer is live just outside of your alma mater, friend. So what do you think of this debate? And also, we know this isn't the first time that there's been a push for change. Now, I know this is presumptuous, but if you're thinking Allie Kramer sounds like the whitest white girl name there ever was, you are spot on. All right, go ahead, Allie. Chris, I was digging in the archives this morning, and about 20 years ago, in 1999, there was a push for them to change the name, that Redskin mascot name, but the board voted unanimously to keep the Redskins. Uh, I was here at Anderson High School almost 10 years ago, aging myself a little bit here, and uh, this is what the Redskins looked like. Yeah, this is my sweatshirt. I still have it. And uh, this little guy right here on the uh, football helmet, you know, it's actually a better version than what it used to be because at one point in time, there was a tomahawk sticking out of his forehead. Yes, a shut up. No, um, at least they changed that, I guess. <laughs> they they knew there was some kind of a problem. Like, let's keep the, the nickname, but let's make the, the logo less offensive. It's like that thing I mentioned to you when we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, uh, how the Golden State Warriors used to have a hideous logo, almost as bad as Chief Wahoo. It was a caricature of an Indian dribbling a basketball. And then when they moved to California, they kind of got away from that pretty quickly. And then the Golden State Bridge became their, is actually their logo. And Warriors is now just a name and Warrior could be anybody. So well done, Golden State Warriors. But uh, as for the Anderson Redskins, they had a meeting again uh, this year, and uh, people discussed it. And the people protesting the name, excuse me, uh, weren't Native American people. It was white folks like Ali Kramer and me. But uh, people still weren't having it, uh, even though a lot of people said, you know, this, it's time for maybe to, to change nicknames. Uh, well, here, let's ask an old white guy what he thinks. I have been a Redskin since 19 and. 55 when I graduated. I have not yet talked to anyone who has ever graduated from Anderson High School who was ever offended by that name. Okay, that's not who's offended, dummy, all right? Uh, so, I, mean, I guess some people are, but that's not that's not the main problem. So, anyway, here's the weird thing. I, I did some digging, and so did Allie Kramer, and we came across a really fascinating uh, little nugget of historical information. Allie, what have you got? Well, when the school actually opened back in 1929, they were the Anderson Comets. 
That's right, they changed the name to Redskins, and reportedly it was because a lot of the faculty at the time in 1933 had gone to the University of Miami up the road here in Oxford, Ohio. Uh, their nickname at the time was Redskins. They changed it back in the 90s to Red Hawks. But this, this, is, the, this is the best part. Listen to what she says after that. They were the Anderson Comets, but it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Anderson Comets. Anderson Comets. Yeah, sounds fine to me. <laughs> What's wrong with that? And the funniest part about that is up the road from us uh, by the amusement park Kings Island. In fact, uh, part of Kings Island sits in the community of Mason. Mason High School's nickname is, of course, you've guessed it already, the Comets. They're the Mason Comets. It's fine. Mason Comets? Anderson Comets. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. So I dug into this a little bit more. And of course, the big controversy nationally involves mostly the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Indians. Indians, uh, occasionally the Atlanta Braves, and some other teams as well. But I found an article in the Washington Post from a couple of years ago where they surveyed Native peoples, and they it was interesting. Ninety percent of Native peoples don't find it offensive; they just don't care. They're just you know, they're not football fans, I guess. Or they figure it's meaningless. But uh, they found a couple. The Washington Post did, and uh, well, the wife has this to say. Personally, I think I've probably always taken offense at that word because it, I think the way people say it takes away your, your own personal pride in who you are. Her husband had a different point of view. The name's Rusty Whitworth. I'm a mixture of the Pondere, Kootenai, and Salish. So this guy is proper Native American. Uh, some of the controversy around these polls is that, you know, they call people up and they say, are you Native American? And if you've got like 2% or 3% people go, why, sure I am. Do you need to confirm that your racist football team name is okay? <laughs> I'm spot on with that. But no, this guy is proper Native American, and this is what he had to say about the Washington Redskins team name. To me, it's kind of uh, a recognition of our people. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't find it... Uh offensive or anything. It's it's just the way uh, people use the word then that becomes offensive, you know, such as you dirty redskin or something like that. You know, it's just a name to me. There was also some text that went along with this article in the Washington Post, and I didn't have any audio of anybody saying this, but all through the article, the native peoples refer to themselves as Indians. And I had mentioned that in the last report we did on this uh, up in Canada, this is a journalist I'd heard a couple of years ago talking about, uh, they call them First Nation people in Canada, whereas we call the indigenous folks Native Americans. And they, they, the journalist kept saying Indians, I spoke to the Indians, and he stopped himself and said, by the way, if you're wondering why I'm not saying First Nation people, it's because they don't use that term. They call themselves Indians. So um, that kind of vindicates my baseball team in a way, although that logo still is really dicky. I maintain that. So maybe we can compromise there. I guess the other problem is, too, is despite we've been told kind of this jive that the organization has run, tried to run bias over the years, that, that being the Cleveland Indians organization, is that they say the team was named for Native American. And if you kind of dig into it, that's really really stretching it uh, as, far, as far as that goes. And, of course, we had the issue, too, with I told you about when I was in college, the Huron, um, the Eastern Michigan Hurons, the uh, the football team for the university up there, changed their name. And a lot of people in the Huron tribe were like, well, shoot, if it wasn't for that name, 
uh, people wouldn't know we were here, you know, apart from the big lake, obviously. But still, you know, at least like the guy, the gentleman said before, you know, it's a recognition of Native people. So, you know, it is, it's a, it's a dicey situation, I guess. Um, you know, here's the compromise. I think the Redskins, Washington Redskins logo, fine. Looks very noble. He's a very noble looking Native American. Nickname still doesn't sound right, even if, you know, only 10% of Native Americans don't like it. That first of all, ten percent of people don't like the name of your product. Uh, think about changing it. That's one. And two, it just doesn't sound right. And as far as the Indians go, I mean, I guess Indians is fine, but let's get rid of the Dicky logo. So keep Redskins logo, change name. Keep Indians name, change logo. Sorted. Jamie Lissau is a Stan McMeeter originally from Rochester, New York, I believe it is. And uh, since we last spoke to him, there have been some changes in his personal life, but it's all good. Here now is our chat with Jamie Lissau. How's it going, man? I thought I, I had my phone on do not disturb, but I just looked at it. I oh, no problem. I thought with the with the big time difference we got things mixed up, but uh, I think I think we're all we did it, man. Yeah, we made it. Uh, time. Yes. So uh, as usual, uh, can we use the audio for this on my podcast as well? Sure. Cool, man. All right. So uh, you're up in Alaska right now, still, or are you back from Alaska? I am up in Alaska. All right. It's, uh, but it's oddly warm up here. It's like 45 degrees. People don't even know what to do. A naked man just walked down the street. I'm not even kidding. Really. People get so excited. He it's, may have been drunk. It, I'm not even sure it's related to being warm, but yeah, it's, it's extremely warm. Got to be at least sixty for me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so, man, but it's, uh, so you're in Fairbanks. It's Fairbanks you're at, right? Yep. Yep. I'm up in Fairbanks because your lovely wife is from there. That's right. My lovely wife's from there, who I'm no longer married to. Uh oh. These are updates. Uh-oh. Updates are happening. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I actually got. Divorced, which is a big part of my act now, so I got a lot of free material from the from the in the judgment. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I have my own place. I uh, I live just down the road. Yeah, so the kids can go wherever they want. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, she, yeah. So she's back there, and and so are the kids. Okay, it's all making sense now. All yeah, right. dude, I made like this. Uh, it's really fun when you get divorced because you get to just. You get to make all the decisions like on your own. Like I basically went to the furniture store and was like, "Give me everything my wife would hate," <laughs> you know, like just like leather reclining furniture and just like just giant TVs everywhere. I made it like a like a man kid cave, you know. I got like a Pac Man machine and a and a you know Barbie Dream House. <laughs> so you you went nuts. It's all, it's all set up, man. Yeah. So it was uh, amicable, or was it? And this is just for for humor, or was it? Uh, was it a little? Was it a little rough? Because sometimes these things are just you know. Uh, I spoke to Dana Gould a couple of months about about a year ago, and he said it was it, it was just an amicable thing. They're still pals. They raised the kids together, but you know it just wasn't. Yeah, that's exactly the the same as us. It was like it was totally mutual, like me and her. And the guy she was sleeping with, we all decided to. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it really is. Like she just texted me just now to remind me, um, like to do something. So we're still, we're still friendly, you know. And it, it's it's been a little while now. It's been like since since June. 
And yeah, we always see each other. We see each other every day because we got these kids. So right, right. You got to kind of be friends, and you get over that other part pretty quickly. You just like think about them. And so you're based in Alaska now, or do you still maintain a place in California? Or well, now I'm doing a little more California because I'm only for them now. And so, like when I'm in Alaska, I have my kids. Like I just had them for ten days, like over spring break and stuff. It was amazing. And um, so now, like, whenever I don't have them, I go to L.A. So I'm okay. a little bit more. So yeah, I still have a place over there. Okay. And are we getting a, uh, a Rob Show Season 3? I know it's still kind of, there's still a dash listed in IMBD. It says 2015 dash. So it doesn't look like it's over, but it doesn't, we haven't seen any. Dude, it's so, show business is like, I'm so confused by it. It looks very good. Like this, um, I can't think how much I can say. But it looks like really good. Like we um, we were asked to write it, and so we finished writing it, and then we um, handed the scripts in to the people that wanted us to write it, and then they loved it, and we're, we did like a little bit of punch up, and so the season is literally completely written, just sitting on my computer waiting for the day they say we can start filming, and it looks really good. It looks really really good. But that's kind of all I'm supposed to say. Okay. But I was reading, it's rough um, how Netflix decides, it's really interesting how they decide what shows are in you. We were into the show um, uh, Everything Sucks, it's a, it's a 90s type of show, even though we're, we're, 80s, we're 80s folk, but we remember the 90s. And um, my daughter last night was like, oh yeah, they're, they're not getting a season two. And I'm like, really? So I looked it up, and turns out they, and not to make you guys nervous, they, um, they track, they said people didn't finish the first episode really, and the ones that did finish the first episode didn't even complete the whole run of, I think it was eight or nine episodes. So that's right. how they're gauging it, which I think is fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah, we definitely have had those talks. About like oh you know this season people are watching more than that season we've definitely heard some of that yeah it's really uh it's it's a numbers game you know like the whole thing is just how many people watch all the way through it's crazy but then also there's all these uh I love Netflix I got Netflix but there's also you know there's some other places you could go sure that are op- options as well and so even if we were to get like quote unquote canceled, which we which we weren't. We uh, there'd still be like lots of places to to throw it up if you if we wanted to. But yeah, that is kind of crazy. They they need to track all that stuff. Yeah, now I'm nervous for shows that I like because I'm like, once I start it, I don't want to stop watching it, even temporarily, right. because then I'm afraid yeah. I'll screw it up. But like a lot of shows, like uh, Marin Show, my wife won't watch. I don't know why, but she wouldn't. Watch. So I had to like watch that in bits and pieces. I'd watch about half an episode and fall asleep. So like I could only watch it late at night after she fell asleep, and I'd make it through <laughs> 15 minutes. Fall, the, his, yeah, his one he had for three seasons on IFC. It oh was, yeah, yeah, it was. They, then they ran it on Netflix, but still, I'm thinking like, geez. Uh, you know, it, 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 now I'm wondering if they shared those because I was watching it while he was still producing new episodes on IFC, but I didn't have IFC, so I, I was a season behind. Boy, it's just <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on us comedy fans now to to make sure. Well, you just gotta. <laughs> yeah, very true. Dude, there's this weird. Uh, this is slightly unrelated, but I just happened to do. <laughs> I recorded like a comedy special for these guys recently, and. Uh, it's such an interesting company. It's called uh, it's called VidAngel, and it's uh, I think it's largely Mormon. Is it it's, uh, that dry bar thing? Yeah, yeah, it's like a dry, yeah. dry bar thing. Yeah. So they're partnered with like 
this this company VidAngel. It's like this really really interesting company. Do you know about it? Like what you can do? Well, you basically go on this website. Let's say you want to watch like Marin Show with your ten year old son. You could type in like you could click. You could put filters on it. So you could say like no cursing, oh. and then just watch like whatever shows. Like they have Game of Thrones on there. <laughs> and you can literally go on and write like I don't want I don't want any cursing or I don't want any nudity or I don't want any violence. And the greatest thing about that was I watched uh, all seven seasons of Game of Thrones with my son, and it was only like seven minutes long. All right. <laughs> was I was gonna Wonderful. say. Uh, it's funny, my, my boss, Josh Sneed, one of my bosses, one of my two bosses, Josh Sneed, uh, he did the dry bar thing, and he was reluctant to do it at first, but it's really turned out well for him. One of his clips, I think, is up to like 4 million views now. And, um, yeah, man, he, uh, he was one of the guys that uh, talked me into it, because I was not... Oh, there you go. I just wasn't going to do it, and um, I spoke with him, and he was like, dude, you're going to have so much fun, you're going to kill, and you're going to... Uh, do very well and get a lot of uh, exposure. So I was like, all right. And so I went down there. I don't like being, I don't know what they're just being censored. You know, got to be like, got to be like so clean. And I was, and it was so much fun. And, and it's almost like being clean helps you. Like they're trying yes. to help you. They're telling you, you can do it whatever you want, but if you curse, they're not going to like you as much. And it's a hundred percent true. Like if you're just super, super clean, you just destroy. Like the right. crowds are amazing, and the production is amazing. And yeah, I had a good time. I can't remember who. I got to find this because I always quote this mystery comedian I interviewed. Oh, that's got to be over ten years ago. But somebody I interviewed used to work blue, and then he changed to working clean. And he said, because I because re- someone pointed out to him, because you can always work dirty later. You should really start right. clean. And they, and another quote he had was, um, uh, no one said your act should be dirtier. <laughs> no one ever said. <laughs> That's really funny. It wasn't Brian Regan, was it? No, no, no. Brian's always been clean. Yeah. Because I asked him about he that oddly. Have a, uh, I remember, I mean, it was slightly before my time, but he used to have a really funny joke about the F word. And it was like a pretty clean, but he definitely said the F word about 20 times, like in the joke. He was <laughs> telling me how he, uh, like he'd stopped all that before he, I think it was before he ever headlined. Yeah. Like maybe when he was starting, but he used to have some like hilarious, like slightly dirty jokes. But he was just like, man, I can, I can see the audience getting disappointed. I remember him being telling me he used to say ass once, <laughs> and he's so clean that he could tell they didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he, he dropped even the word ass. Well, him and Gaffigan both told me, not the name drop, but um, that uh, on the same subject, that they both feel weird t- being dirty on stage. And Gaffigan said, oh, I curse like a sailor off stage, but up on stage, really? if, I, if I say the F word, and I'm like, I feel like the audience is saying, whoa, settle down, weirdo. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. You know, after I did the dry, uh, dry bar thing, I, it went through my head. I was like, should I just be a clean comedian? Because I was <laughs> so my kids can watch this picture then I did uh, the club in Salt Lake the next night and swore like a million times <laughs> because I was like free, you know? So yeah. I don't know if it's in the car. Somebody else I, I just spoke to said that they were they were dialing back a little bit. So when they did say the F word that had more impact, but they were still saying right, it. I right. can't remember who that was, that though. But sense. um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting. <laughs> but but there are times, though, when I mean, it's it's OK to laugh at, you know, you know, sex stuff and relationship stuff that involves that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's 
I guess there is a point where you can say, well, you don't need to have a whole act of that. I mean, it's, you know, you shouldn't go right. completely the other way because there are, there are times when you want to laugh about grown-up things. But um, but on the other hand, that dry bar thing's working out for everyone that I know that's done it has been like, this has been fantastic. So, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing phenomenon, yeah. I got a funny, I had a funny uh, being dirty story. So, you know, at, at colleges, I've done a lot of colleges back in the day I would do like just colleges, I would do like 300 a year. And you had to be incredibly clean, so I was able to be, you know, clean when I needed to be. Right. And this one college, I get there, and there's, you know, there's always like a, a student that's like, whatever, in charge or whatever. And so this girl comes up and she's like, are you, are you Jamie? I go, yeah. And she's like, hey, I'm Kathy. And she's like, we have a great, like, this is like a great place for comedy. Um, and she's like, but one kind of weird thing about our school is, like, we like you to be really dirty. I'm like, really? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. So I mean, she's like, the kids love it. She's like, as many F words as you can say, you know, like you want to throw it. I'm like, wow. Like I'm usually like so clean at these. She's like, yeah, we just like it better when, uh, when the comedian like swears. And stuff. So I'm like, okay. So, so I get up on stage and I'm looking to be an extra dirty. Like, Hey, how the F is everybody? Like right out of the gate. You know? and she said they liked it. And it went great. And she was right. Like, hey, and they all they all enjoyed it. And so at the end of the show, the the advisor, the guy who booked me, like the adult, came up to me. And he was like, hey, man, great show, great show. And he goes, uh, the only thing I want to mention is he's like, you were like a lot dirtier tonight than you were at, um, like, when we saw you at the NACA conference. He's like, you were, like, <laughs> way dirty. And I go, yeah, yeah, the, the girl uh, told me to be dirtier. And I pointed to her, and he goes, I have no idea who that is. Oh my god! <laughs> it was just a girl at the show, and I thought it was the person in charge. I was like, "Oh, okay." And so I, oh, said, geez. Like, yeah, I don't know how that is. That's just a girl at the show. I'm oh like, my... "Okay, all right." Oh my god, that's no. so that's so funny. <laughs> So I mean, you know, there, I guess the other end of that, of course, is people have to do the, do the boats, as they say. And that's becoming yeah, yeah. That's becoming more of a thing. And oh, no, one thing I want to ask about the college thing, though. Are you, you're still doing colleges a lot when you have the time and you're not like. You know, I just don't do them anymore. I, uh, I kind of went through a phase where I, I I did a bunch of them and just didn't have the greatest time. I don't know if it's because of the political correctness, but I did. I, I'll do like a couple a year, but I no longer pursue it in any way. And. Speaking of like the boat thing, man, there are some incredibly good gigs out there on boats that used to be like this, you know, a horrible thing for comics to be like doing cruise ships and stuff. There's now like a couple cruise lines and they have inc- like great comics. It's harder to get into than the other ones, but great comics. Like a great comedy club that's packed every single night, like sold out packed every night. And just great money, and they treat you really good. And so I actually do a couple of those now. Like I don't like to do it ton because I don't like to. I don't like being disconnected. Yeah, you know, like like not having cell service and stuff with the show and working with Schneider. I he doesn't like when I go away for too long. He likes to, uh, us to stay in contact. But man, I do a couple a year, and it is a vacation doing those things. I'll bet. Yeah, because you like what I've heard from folks is that you know you do maybe two shows and the rest of the time is yours to write and work on, you know, whatever else you want to work on. That's exactly right. I think you do it right. Yeah, man. Like the last, uh, 
the last ship I did was like a month ago. <clears throat> and it was Norwegian Cruise Line, which is just a great cruise line. And, uh, I, yeah, I got a call like very early in the week on like an unrelated on a, on a project that we'll see how it goes. But I got a, uh, a call saying like, man, like Hulu really likes your, they go, Hulu really likes it, but they want a script. And I was like, okay. And I just wrote the script while getting paid to work on this cruise line. And when I was done with the cruise, I was done with the script. And I don't know that I could have pulled that off at home, you know, because of kids or. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they have libraries. And uh, as you can imagine, people on cruises don't go to libraries very often. (laughs) So it's always empty. Oh, wow. You just go in there and get some work done or, you know, read a book or something. I'm not a big sun guy. I don't know if that's uh, obvious from my headshots. I don't really go out the sun. Stay inside. We did one cruise, and I don't think it, there was a comedy club on the ship. It was a smaller one. This was about 10 years ago. But uh, my wife goes back and forth on whether she wants to do another cruise again. She liked the fact that, you know, a lot of stuff is done for you. But then on the other hand, she she's very nervous around water. So, oh, that's, that's not, not good because there's a not, lot of water. There's a lot of water around, yeah. And then um, a lot of waterfall. <laughs> we we went to we got off the ship at. Well, I, she wouldn't even get on the little dinghy to go to Belize because you have to they have to park the ship way out offshore because it's so shallow, uh, even oh, right. several miles in. Yeah, whatever it's called. So my youngest and I took the dinghy and yeah, and we walked around that little concrete village. It's like a. Um, it's just like some Planet of the Apes village that they've set in there that you don't go to the outside world. And uh, that was our experience on Belize. So my youngest has been to Belize, and uh, all those only been to a little shopping area that probably wasn't even actual Belize. <laughs> I, was just, I was just there, I swear to God. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, I, when I wrote that script, I just walked up oh, the okay. concrete Yeah, yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, my um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and I think my oldest daughter hung out with them. They actually left the shopping village and walked into Belize City, and then took a taxi back to the shopping center. And I'm like, you're braver than I am, because <laughs> that was... yeah, that's uh, you got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, you got to stay. Yeah, stay within uh, within sight of the ship at all times. Yep, so a lot of those places. Yeah, um, I was would, so when you're up in Alaska and we're there, have you like taken time to explore uh, like the state, or do you mostly just hang around in the Fairbanks area and kind of up in the middle of the state there? You know what? I've been trying to do more of that because I actually usually when I'm here, I have the kids all of the time, and so it's like it's three kids at different ages, so it's very hard to get them all to do, to want to do the same thing. So we slide a lot of stuff, but lately I've been trying to spend like a couple extra days on my own, like after I, I drop them off. And like just yesterday, this is an epic failure, but at least I tried. Like just yesterday, there's a um, place around here called Murphy Dome. And it's like this really beautiful area and it's about an hour away. And um, it's really hilly and you can snowmobile there. And so my ex-wife had said to me, she goes, you should, uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I'm a big fat biker. You know, fat biking? No. I think you know what that is? So no. fat biking's like you uh, you bike with with a bike with like a huge tire. Okay. You know, like yeah, it's yeah. got like a, like probably like my, I think I have four inch tires. Or like, and they're like super light bikes. They make them like, you know, super light carbon, like mountain bike with giant tires. And I have all like, souped up where I can ride it to like 20 below zero without even wearing gloves because I have uh, like those dog musher mitts on the front of it. You just put your hands inside of them. Oh, okay. Like, ears, like, like I got this thing like ready to hit, hit any weather, you know, so I take it out all the time. And so yesterday 
I go to this place called Murphy Dome, and it's beautiful. And I and I pull in, and it's all snowmobiles. Usually, you see some other fat bikes when you go to a place like that. And so I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And um, so I see this one guy. I've never been there before. So I'm like, hey, what are the best trails? The guy goes, well, there's a 16 mile trail. It goes that way to the right. And I'm like, okay. And so, long story short, I take my fat bike down one of these trails, and it's too like it's not made for fat biking. Like, I guess my wife didn't realize, like, the trail for uh, snowmobiling, they can be really soft. They just glide over the top of it. But for fat biking, it's got to be packed almost like a, like a cross-country ski trail. And I yeah. got about a mile away from my car. And I, I could tell something was wrong. I was kind of, like, feeling, like, uneasy on my bike. Like, I felt like it was dipping down. And I swear to you, and I'm not joking, basically, I went down this hill and I hit a flat part. My bike basically disappeared into the snow. Oh my god! <laughs> like it went three feet into the snow. Like that's how soft it was. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And so then I try to get off the bike, and I'm now I'm like a mile from my car. And dude, every time I take a step, it would go up to my waist, and so I had to carry my bike over my head and walk through that for like a half mile. I'm like, I don't even know what's gonna happen. Am I gonna get out of here? Oh my god! I have to leave my bike or. Will someone eventually rescue me, or what happened? <laughs> so that, that's what happened yesterday. So I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a fearful to venture out because every time I go, something ridiculous happens. But I've been trying to uh, to do more stuff. I just did. I uh, I know I just said I don't do college anymore, but my uh, my one or two a year, I did a college in uh, Kenai Peninsula. I think it's called the uh, Kenai Peninsula College. Just gorgeous. Uh, part of southern alaska so i was just out there and well, you ever go to uh whittier i don't think so that's that fascinating it's this that place where the whole city is actually just in one building sort of i don't think i've been there yeah it's southeast of alaska you can only there were a bunch of articles that cropped up online a couple of years ago everybody wrote about it for like about six months because it was so interesting i guess it was an old uh an, an old military base or something or an observation base during the cold war and there are these two big buildings and one of them is abandoned now and one of them the whole town lives in this one big building and there's a couple other smaller really? buildings around, yeah, and you can only get to it through this one-lane tunnel. Yeah, look it up, Whittier. It's like it's a couple, couple oh, ten miles southeast of uh, Anchor. I don't know what else is there just to see this building that everybody lives in, but the, there's a school they built behind <laughs> it, but they built a tunnel un- from the big building to the school so the kids don't have to go outside in the winter, so they literally oh, can incredible. stay indoors. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, that just fascinates me. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen it in, in person, and you're like the only person I know that's uh, properly been to Alaska many times. Although I guess a lot of guys have played the club up there before. So, you know, there was a place I don't think it was Whittier, but I did do like a run with this guy that books shows up here. And on the way to the gigs, we stopped and like delivered mail at a village. It was like this tiny plane. I'm like, where the hell are we? And then one of the shows. They closed the entire town for the show. Oh wow! So like nothing was open. Like there were no police. <laughs> there were no. You couldn't buy gas. It was closed, and everyone was in like a community center, probably similar to like what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's Whittier. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule there, and uh, fingers crossed we have real Rob back. Uh, soon. Thanks, man. Yeah, and, uh, I'm feeling positive about it. I'll let you know. And uh, get get you down here again if I get the green light. Cool. Get you down here in Cincinnati too sometime. I can't remember when we spoke last time. You you performed in Cincinnati before, haven't you? 
Yeah, my first Tommy uh, album was recorded at Go Bananas Comedy. That's Club. right. There you go. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll pass along the Love info to the Booker. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll pass that along. And hey, uh, man, yeah. Tell, tell Justin I said hello. We'll do. He's a man. Yes, he is. He, yes, he is. Uh, Great guy to work for. All right. All right. Good, Thanks, Jamie. Luck. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Thanks again to Jamie Lissau for being on the show. You can catch Jamie. Let's see where, excuse my mouse clicks here. Uh, he's going to be at, uh, let me see, the House of Comedy in Minneapolis. There you go. March 27th through the 31st. And they'll be at Comedy Works featuring for his buddy Rob Snyder, uh, April 5th and 6th. End of the House of Comedy headlining uh, April 10th through the 14th. If you want to know anything else about Jamie Lissau, go to jamielissau.com. Lissau is L-I-S-S. O-W. All right, so don't have any of the usual um, plugs, of course. Uh, Nearly Liza still um, kind of waiting to make more videos, I think, come summertime when she has more time. Uh, check, check, hey, busy trying to find an internship this summer, so uh, I don't think she's been blogging too much, but you can go back and check out the archives there, Nearly Liza, on YouTube. Uh, check, check, hey, just Google check, check, hey's blog or go to our Podbean page for links to those. All right, so I think we're covered there. Uh, the song of the week, I'm going to call an audible. I almost went with Cage because they've got some new tracks out. We'll get to them next week. I've been, I'm trying to decide which tune I like best of the two new tunes. But uh, this guy named uh, Gary Cinnamon, that, you know, I'm a big Radio 1 listener and uh, the Scott Mill show, and, of course, his uh, co-host, uh, Chris Stark. Chris Stark is a massive Gary Cinnamon fan. And I guess this guy is like a... Uh, he's been around for a couple of years, but he's just gotten another boost recently. He's kind of... um. I don't want to say like a Jimmy Buffett type, but it's it's like no, it's not really a party music kind of thing. But he's really well known for his live shows, I guess is the is the thing. So um, I decided to play one of his tunes called "Sometimes," which is the bigger of his hit. He has another one called "Belter" that's also a a, a cracking tune, as they say. But I thought I'd play a "Sometimes." I think it came out like last year and hasn't really gotten much movement outside of Britain. So uh, I'm going to I forgot how much I like this tune until I heard it again the other day. They played it on Radio One. I'm like, you know what? That's going to be my song of the week. So here you are. Gary Cinnamon is our song of the week with "Sometimes" on PS Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening.
chapel, I'm a renegade of sorts I roam the concrete jungle hunting idiots for sport And now the cocaine scene It picked me up and made me frown There's a joke, he says the music helps the medicine go down Hey, it makes you feel alive, more like demons of the night Putting powder up your nose, that's the way the water 